Something that I think is really interesting is how, like, Alicia really hates Jackie. Jackie gets on Alicia's last nerves, but Alicia is Jackie. They are the same person. This is Alex. And this is M. Welcome to the latest episode of The Good, The Bad, The Basic. This is the podcast for TV lovers, movie buffs, and binge watchers of all ages. On this podcast, we'll be discussing what we loved, what we hated, and what's just a bit problematic about the TV and movies that we're addicted to, and do a bit of rewriting where necessary. For much more exclusive content, Become a show producer on Patreon and get access to after-the-episode outtakes, curated playlists, movie reviews, music video retrospectives, and so much more. Join the GBB family at patreon.com forward slash goodbadbasic. Today we'll be discussing the final three seasons of CBS's highly engaging legal political drama, The Good Wife. Our protagonist, Alicia Florick, made a series of questionable decisions for the series' duration. Decisions that did very little to bring her closer to happiness, but did keep viewers on the edge of their seats. So what do we think made The Good Wife, its cast of characters, and Alicia's lace front wig so intriguing? Stay tuned. everyone if you tuned in last week then you know that the good wife is a legal political drama it lasted seven seasons and 156 episodes on cbs the show ran from september 22nd 2009 until may 8th 2016 and it's created by robert and michelle king so let's get into this back half of the show really quickly. Um, jumping into season five, which had 22 episodes. Um, Alex, why don't you kick things off with your standout episodes of season five? Sure. So my standout episodes of season five are season five, episode three, A Precious Commodity, season five, episode five, Hitting the Fan, Season 5, Episode 7, The Next Week. Season 5, Episode 10, The Decision Tree. Season 5, Episode 13, Parallel Construction Bitches. Season 5, Episode 14, A Few Words. Season 5, Episode 15, Dramatics, Your Honor. Season 5, Episode 18, All Tapped Out. Season 5, Episode 21, The 1%. And then season five, episode 22, A Weird Year. Okay, so I like all of those. I'm just going to, and a lot of them were on my list. So I'm just going to jump into my standout episodes that were not covered by Alex. I'm going to add episode six, The Next Day. Episode eight, The Next Month. Episode 12, We the Juries. Episode 16, The Last Call. And episode 17, A Material World. Like I said in the previous episode, it is so hard to come up with standout episodes that rise among the pack from season to season because this show's seasons are so strong with little to no filler episodes. Right. So usually on a network show, when a show gets to its fifth season... Pretty much now is usually when most shows start to fall off. Like, like this is when the show starts to get, like, bad or, like, you know, a little lazy or, like, it, it's definitely where, like, series series start to falter is, like, the season five, season six sort of places. But not The Good Wife. Not The Good Wife at all. Um, And this is why Robert and Michelle 
King are like that bitch, like 100%. And you can't step to them because season five is like a tour de force. I mean, it's so good. (laughs) It's like, I think, yeah, season five is probably, like you said, one of like the strongest season of the series, which is rare. It's very rare. Right. If you guys have been following GBB from the beginning or, you know, anywhere from our last four seasons when we cover shows almost always my favorite seasons fall somewhere between seasons one and three usually Mm -hmm. it's season two of a a show is my favorite season of the show the only exception to this rule has been um the the short-lived survivor's remorse which i thought was great in its entirety and of course my favorite family sitcom malcolm in the middle which i thought was great in its entirety i've i've never felt that a show any other show was strong from beginning to end and this show is definitely the first drama to to give me that right um and this is why i i have a small obsession with you know um Robert and Michelle King. It's why, like, I always look out for their work. And it's why, like, when Evil came out last year, I was like, Mm -hmm. um, when Evil came out, like, in the fall, and I saw that they were at the helm again, I, you know, I I talked to you. I was like, yo, it's Robert and Michelle King. Like, I will watch anything that they do. (laughs) Like... (laughs) <laughs> right, right. Like even, right. When we covered, even when we covered our pilot seasons, um, you know, that's why we threw Evil on there because I I I I really don't watch anything on um CBS. So if you hadn't put it on there, I wouldn't even known that the show existed. But like ask Alex, I've been obsessed with it since we watched that pilot. So season five, we pick up with Alicia, not Alicia, but Carrie coming to Alicia's apartment. Because Alicia has decided to go with Carrie and the rest of the fourth years in starting their own firm. And her husband has been elected governor. Um, he won the election, even though it was fraudulent. <laughs> Will told Peter about the, about the fraudulent votes, but he did not like look at the video of the fraudulent votes. And that's important to note because... The Good Wife is so amazing. Um, It's going to come up later. So, yes, season five. Let's go. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Ooh, that election was fraudulent, just like Peter Florek. Mm. Um, (laughs) Everything about this man is fraudulent, so there's that. Um, But, yeah, um, Alicia joins Carrie in opening his new firm for no other reason than she desperately needs to get away from Will and how drawn she is to him and how in love with him she is because she's trying to be a good wife, like the show's title says. Obviously, we can't count on Alicia to make the right choices. So the universe should have just stepped in and made it for her, I feel. Because like Alicia was essentially getting promoted um, and Alicia was promoted fully to like partner and Carrie was sort of like given the the shaft and his partnership put on hold and, and continuing to put on hold. And something that the show does like a really good job of like demonstrating was like this sort of the, the sort of like top heaviness of like a uh, firm and um, the culture and like I think the work culture at Lockhart Gardner. The show is so great because it's so specific. Carrie is actually leaving for a really good reason in that. He feels like, one, he's been mistreated, which he has been. And then, two, he doesn't like the culture at Lockhart Gardner. It's very old. Like, everyone's, like, all the partners, like, decide everything without the input of, like, the associates, even though the associates are the ones who, like, do the most work. He has, like, all these ideas about it's more democratized and, like, all these, like, really, really good reasons. All the reasons that you want. Um, to start your own firm. So the big thing is, is like, Alicia wants to leave like immediately, but the rest of the fourth years want to stay until they get their, their like a uh, month and bonuses or whatever to use as like startup money for the new firm. This is so great because like what it does is like, it immediately like puts this tension into it. Those kids like were playing with their lives. Cause one of the things that really got me like, for this plot line was that, like, they're at Lockhart Gardner. They're in the hallways talking to each other about how they're, like, stealing all these clients and they're about to bounce. I'm like, y'all need to, like, be more, 
Like, right. This is not the time or place for these conversations. A sort of refresher is that, like, Peter had promised Diane the Illinois Supreme Court justice seat. But, like, before Diane can, like, actually get the seat, she needs, like, the support of the person who's retiring. Diane and the guy, like, have this meeting. And the guy is like, well, you know, I want to support you. But he's talking about Will. He's like, you know, your business partner is, like, corrupt. And, like, why won't you, like, disavow him? You know, she's like, well, we've been through so much together. Diane ends up giving an interview to, like, a press outlet. And then, yeah, she sells out Will. Disavows him. And, like, yo, when Will hears it, that shit, he is, like, crushed. And it's so sad to watch. Right, right. So, season five, a.k.a. Can't Trust These Hoes, is the season where Will learns the hard way um, not to be loyal to people who aren't going to be loyal to you. He gets done. He gets played by both Diane and by Alicia in this season. His bestie and the love of his life basically turn coat. And I feel like <laughs> Will's a cautionary tale this entire season. Because Diane does, like, initially, like, she works really hard to to stay loyal to him. And I think she is ultimately loyal to him in a sense because when Mandy Post initially gets there for the interview, Diane defend like Diane just does what she what she's always done. She defends him. She's like, listen, like, you know, and it's funny, like Mandy, like the interviewer, like sort the interviewer Mandy Post like leads her on. She's like, well, she, like she sort of like leads Diane and she's like, oh, all these negative things that Will did. And Diane's like instinct is to be like, he's the top litigator. He won all these awards. He's done the work. Like he's always, you know, and she stands by him. And essentially, I think something that I really like about it is that like it's super, um, I my heart is just like torn for like both of them because it's like, this is this thing that she's wanted and he's supported her and like they've supported each other for so long. And to see like how things can come between people who've had like amazing sort of like friendships is so hard. Um, and that's something that's like so brilliant about the show, the show and like how it's written. Like, and I think it speaks to how well that they've like constructed these histories of these and how these characters relate to each other. Because like my heart is really just like, in the like feeder for both of them um and it's it just sucks it's a sucky situation it is a shitty situation and i honestly don't think that either diane or alicia meant to hurt will or betray will and that's the rub because will would rather hurt himself than hurt either of them Right, exactly. And it, 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 it's what makes it so... Ugly. Will essentially finds out that Diane has, like, essentially betrayed him via this call from, like, a reporter. He goes into, like, Will mode. Will is the kind of person that, like, once, like... Like, loyalty is, like, the thing that he values among amongst all things. And, like, once you've betrayed him, he's, like, gonna burn the bridge. Diane says as much in an episode, like, wow, I must have, like, really hurt you for you to act this way. He is. He's totally hurt. But, like, he doesn't want to, like, own up to it. The way that Will goes about it, it's like, yeah, Diane's leaving. But for Will, like, in his mind, he, um, at least he's going to have, like, Alicia. Like, at least it'll be him and Alicia instead of him and Diane. And, like, that's something that he's okay with. And we see that, and we know this because, and talks to Alicia about promoting her to, like, managing partner, which is Diane's former role. Where he's like, listen up. I lost my BFF, but I still got my girl, but he doesn't. She's really just here playing reconnaissance. She's trying to scoop up all these clients and dip to her new firm. So agonizing. It's and terrible for Will this entire... I mean, I feel bad for Will throughout this series for numerous reasons, mainly because Alicia just didn't want to be happy and didn't want to live her life right. But, like, this season was the crux. And, like, honestly... I was to a point where I almost hated the Alicia character. I know what her reasons are and I know why they're valid to her. But I think that's why the writing on this show is so great. The characters aren't going to do what you want them to do. Right. Like, and this, and I think this show is a huge example of like what we talk about a lot of, you can tell like 
on a show when characters are not are doing something that that's not making sense for them and the difference between characters taking action that doesn't make sense and characters making sense and just not doing what you want them to do you know right right everything alicia does does make sense to whom she has been put out to be which is why even though i was annoyed with her and i was frustrated with her i didn't feel betrayed by the show it's not like they took this sharp left turn out of nowhere with her decisions right this is who she is. This is who she's been established to be, love it or hate it. So then we have uh, probably one of the most ugh, intense uh, episodes ever. It all sort of culminates into this like really heavy hitter of an episode. Uh, season five, episode five, hitting the fan. And like shit really does hit the fan. <laughs> Diane walks into Will's office and she tells him, that, like, she's discovered that, like, Alicia and Carrie are, like, stealing all their clients and leaving. And like we said, work is personal with, like, work is personal and personal is work when it comes to Will. Like, those are one and the same to him. And it plays out exactly like, you know, an angry lover being told that, like, you've been cheating on them or something. Like, mm. Listen, the, uh, season five definitely kept the drama and the tension tight. And I think that's what I love about um, Robert and Michelle King's TV series, they know how to sustain tension without creating unnecessary drama or adding layers to the drama because they couldn't resolve a previous plot point. You're you're constantly on the edge of your seat because things that were brought to the surface or just underneath the surface come to a head the next season or three or four seasons later. Right, 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 right. And shout out to Josh Charles and Juliana Margulies. The the scene between them when when he like confronts her is like insane. Okay, like you and Carrie are leaving, and then he like takes all this shit and like pushes it off her desk. I was like on the floor. I was so distressed. <laughs> oh yeah, his his anger is is palpable. And it's really, first of all, um, like you said, shout out to that actor, Josh Charles, and shout out to the writers as well. It is very hard to write a man's anger towards a woman in a way that doesn't feel like intimidating or violent towards the woman in question. You can see that this anger is not directed at her person, but is a display of his hurt, his feelings of betrayal, and his passion for her. Right. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. And that's like, and that's a big thing. It's a hard, hard, I think, thing to get right. Like, I'm never concerned throughout the whole interaction that like Will is going to hit her or like do something crazy. Because nine times out of like nine times out of 10, it's it gives you real you're in danger, girl vibes. And I think and once again, I think that's a testament to the show. I think it's a testament to the writing. I think it's a testament to the filmmaking and all of that, that that can all happen. And as a viewer, um, I'm just sort of like, oh, God, this sucks. Instead of like, oh, my God, is he going to hit her? Right, right, right. You can just tell how hurt he is, how betrayed he is, how confused he is. And it it, it doesn't have anything. Honestly, genders could be swapped and I would see the situation exactly the same. And I think that's what's telling, right? Um, that's how we know like she's not in like physical danger from him. But Will's hurt is palpable. It's very, very big. And about two-thirds of the way through the season, episode 15, before really anything is resolved with well, it's kind of sort of on the verge of being resolved with Diane, but before anything's resolved with Alicia. Will is killed. He's shot by a client in a courtroom. But but one thing that I do like is that there is some sort of like, there is a sense of closure and like a resolution. And I think like a glimmer. Like I read really deeply into the show, mostly because of how well it's written. Like I only read deeply into shows that I feel like have the juice. <laughs> and... <laughs> Um, this is the good wife is definitely one of them, but I like that before Will gets shot, like they have this conversation where Alicia's like your client, your client's family is like trying to go behind your back. Like she gives him a heads up and they have this like really brief com interaction. They have another one when they go to this like lawyer summit thing in New York or whatever. 
and I think they come to like a sort of stale, not stalemate, but just like, and uh, they're working their way, I think, back to each other. They have this conversation of she laughs and she's like, well, you're the better lawyer. And he goes, yeah, I am, aren't I? And it's, it's a callback, I think, to their old dynamic. And I do like it in some sense because I think it's, I think it's reminiscent that like, they would they would still find their way back to each other, even though she did all this drama to like get away from him. Like they would still end up together. That doesn't make any sense, but it's fine. No, it does. And like I, I thought about this constantly as I watched the show. Like Alicia is not just someone who doesn't want to be happy and makes decisions that go against her own happiness. She's someone who's clearly fighting fate because I feel like the show constantly tells us. Will's the one. Like, Will is it for her. He's her great love. She's fighting something that makes so much sense and would make her so happy and would be so easy to slip into. Like, her kids are grown now, okay? Zach goes off to college this season. It would be so easy for her to just be with Will, but she likes to struggle. She likes everything difficult. She does like everything difficult. Something that I think is really interesting is how like Alicia really hates Jackie. Jackie gets on Alicia's last nerves, but Alicia is Jackie. They are the same person. Right, right. I never got the vibe that she hated Jackie, but yeah, she's Jackie's someone that she loves, but she doesn't like, if that makes sense. And I think she wants to believe that she's so different than Jackie. But in a lot of ways, um, like you said, she's not only is Jackie, she's actually much worse than Jackie. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm Because, you know, Jackie has an excuse. Jackie was a young woman when there were very limited options for women. Alicia has all these options, but she's still acting like a Jackie. Like she grew up in the fucking 40s. Right. And you know what? <laughs> I just want to say shout out to Owen. Cause like Owen comes to Lockhart Gardner looking for Alicia. And then Will is like, and like, Will has to like look at Owen and be like, she left and she was a traitor and she blew my heart into pieces essentially. And mm. Owen, because Owen's the real, Owen's a real one. Like Owen is like, Oh girl. Like Owen is like, Oh, Will, like girl, she just did that. Cause she's in love with you. It's like, don't take it personal. <laughs> Right, right, right. But like, even the reasons that she give, I'm sure they make sense to her. But is that shit any less hurtful? Like, you love me so much that you dumped me, betrayed me, stole clients, and then built your own firm to get away from me. Thanks, I guess? No. See, it's ugly <laughs> to say it out loud. <laughs> Thanks? I mean, like, girl, what is that even supposed to mean? If that's love, keep it. <laughs> so, so... After all this sort of firm drama, um, Peter, because Peter sucks, essentially takes away the judgeship away from Diane because of everything. Which is bullshit. But Peter is full of shit, we, as we've covered. So one of the things that, like, comes up in the series and something that will recur is, like, the weird, like, hipster kids at, like, the NSA. Mm. And how NSA is, like, feeding information to, like, other justice departments because they watch everybody. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> and NSA feeds information to uh, the Justice Department about Peter's fraudulent votes. I think the guy says that he's from like the Office of Public Integrity. Ooh, the fact that Peter Fork survived all seven seasons might be the only thing I don't like about the show. <laughs> And he does. He prospers all seven seasons. He doesn't He doesn't really get his until, like, the absolute last minute of the last season. Will dies. Yeah, Will dies, episode 15. And then my feelings about Peter went from strong dislike to abject hatred. I mean, the fire of a thousand suns. <laughs> So this is your first time watching, like, when I first watched, like, when that happened. Because I remember watching this, like, live when it was actually airing. Like, I was torn to pieces. Like, what was? What about you? Okay, so I actually went through all five stages of grief. Um, the first <laughs> being shock and denial. Your girl was like, no, they didn't kill Will. She's, you know what? Alicia's having a terrible dream. 
on some premonition shit, and this is going to be the thing that she needs to wake her up so she can go be with Will. That's what this is. This isn't actually happening. Then I realized that that shit was actually happening, and I was blown to smithereens. Like, I could not deal. I really couldn't deal. I think I watched this episode. Um, Not the whole episode, but, like, the spe- the 10 minutes before and after Will's death about six or seven times. <laughs> No, same because I remember thinking because I remember watching it live and I was like, oh, like whatever, y'all are y'all aren't killing off Will. Like that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> right. That that first stage is always denial, girl. <laughs> I was like, this is I'm like, oh, whatever. He's gonna be alive. But I was like, but this is like a cute little suspense thing y'all doing. <laughs> like I remember legitimately thinking that. And then like the episode kept going, and then it kept going, and I was like, oh wait, wait, is he really dead? Like for real? Right, play that back, roll that all the way back. Um, that's my where my heart was, and I was like, "Oh no, they didn't." Oh yes, they did, but it makes sense. But I still don't want it. <laughs> like, yeah, a lot of things are going on in my head. It does make sense. I don't want it, and I feel like like Will's only crime was like being too loyal, being <laughs> too good at his job, like being too real for the fakest people in the world. <laughs> so a little like behind the scenes stuff so josh charles who plays will actually wanted to leave the show at the end of season four and he had told like after season four wrapped he was like i don't want to come back for season five (laughs) and and basically everybody was like please pretty please and juliana margulies essentially begged him like begged him begged him like to, like, just come back and finish out, like, his sort of arc on season five. And once, like, he got, like, how they were going to plot it out, like, he agreed. But he wasn't, but but he was actually supposed to be gone at the end of season four. So there's a little bit of trivia for you guys. Okay, fun fact. What the fuck, Josh? <laughs> um... Because I feel like they were going to be endgame, for real. Now that changes everything. Now her grief, Alicia's grief after um, Will's death, seems like it was more than just really good acting. Um, And I would like to know the reason why he he had to leave so desperately. Like, were you so busy? Were you going to be in the new Avengers movie, Josh? (laughs) (laughs) Really getting paychecks like that, Josh? No. I think his, like, um... I think his wife got pregnant or something, and he wanted to, like, you know, do that. Fam, whatever. That baby will keep. <laughs> you're not trying to get her pregnant. She's already pregnant. You don't have... Your your physical labor is done until that baby comes. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> um, and... And, and, yeah, so... So Will dies, and it's like, uh, and it's it's devastating. Everybody's uh, uh, angry uh, now. Not back in that that state. I'm back in the the stage of anger. <laughs> <laughs> what are our feelings on season five? Is it good, bad, or basic? Season five is amazing. It's like it's everything. Like I said, so many. Like there are things that I hated, like. The Kalinda Damien thing, I don't, which felt like the Kalinda Damien thing felt like the Kalinda husband thing. Get that Juliana Margulies hated Archie Panjabi, but like, come on, let's, I hate it. Like, there was no reason to have her constantly bogged down by these problematic partners and problematic men and problematic lovers. And even when they gave her like a a woman as a love interest, like, she was a narc. (laughs) She was a narc, exactly. Like, I think season five, because essentially after Will dies, the back half of season five is spent, I think, on Kalinda and Carrie and definitely her taking him more seriously. And and they could have expanded that and they could have expanded, like, the Lana relationship and, and they didn't. And that sucked and whatever. But other than that, um, I love it. Everything that led up to Will's death and then Will's death and then Alicia and Alicia grieving Will's death. Like, oh my gosh, when like Alicia can't get about the bed, like <laughs> I feel it. I, like 
that's real shit. Like, I, I feel for her so deeply. Fuck Peter, though. When Peter was out here like, oh, you didn't lose your husband. And she just looks at him like, what do you do? And I'm like, she should have. <laughs> she should have <laughs> lost her husband. She should have. That would have made things. Listen, I believe that she would grieve Peter for because he's a father of her children. Because all the real grief, grieving her husband, she already did that when she found out that he was a cheating ass cheater. Right. I think one of the things about the peter Elise relationship that I find interesting is that I do think Peter legitimately... I think Peter is is who he is, but I also think he really does legitimately try. I don't think he tries to win Alicia back, but I do think he legitimately loves her. Basically, he loves who she is, like, even through, like, all the pain that he put her through. But I don't think he realized how long ago she had checked out of their relationship. Yeah, she checked out and it was entirely his fault. So I'm of the mentality that Peter, I'm in disagreement that Peter loves Alicia. I think she he loves what she does for him. And like, I wouldn't go anywhere either if I was a cheating rascal and my partner just wouldn't leave me. Where are you going to find somebody? who's going to put the needs of a cheating partner and their idea of propriety and family ahead of their own desires. Because it's not like Alicia's out here without options. Alicia is neck deep in options and she still chooses Peter because that decision was made the day she said, I do. You can't ask for a more loyal one. You really can't. I wouldn't leave her either. I think in season five, her, her and her mom even like have a conversation about it. Her mom is like, why don't you just like leave? And she's like, she says something to the effect of like, I don't want to be that person, which doesn't make any sense. But I guess for her, it makes sense. Mm, sounds like someone needs therapy for those deep seated issues. But yeah, um, <laughs> season five was very, very good. We got, like you said, that whole conversation with her mom, I feel like really brought us into Alicia's psyche much, much deeper. I stand by the statement that I feel like she's even more fucked up than Jackie. Truly and honestly. Truly and honestly. No, that's real. Final thing about season five. So like there's a running gag that starts to happen in season five where there's this show within a show and it's basically like the good wife making fun of true detective. Right. <laughs> like, and they call it like darkness at noon or something. Um, but there's an episode, uh, episode 17 where they make fun of scandal <laughs> and it is so rude and I hate, but I loved it. <laughs> so I didn't catch a true detective um, gag because I've never seen true detective, but I did catch a scandal one and it was rude, but it's also necessary. Season five ends with Carrie and Alicia having this big blowout because Alicia wants to merge their firm with uh, Lockhart Gardner, now Lockhart Canning and Lee. And Carrie is against it. <laughs> Carrie's like, no. <laughs> like, And I'm not going to lie. I think Carrie's right. Because Carrie's position is like, what did we do all this for if not to be like independent? Mm -hmm. And to do things in a different way. And Alicia's basically like, I'm tired of being broke. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm just tired of, like, doing this. But, like, that makes sense. Because she never really wanted the firm in the first place. N not, like, really in the way that Carrie wanted it. So Right. He wanted a firm. She needed an escape. Exactly. Him sort of in the parking lot of their firm and Alicia sort of like stormed off and stormed away. And he is still in the parking lot. And season six picks up immediately of like Carrie being arrested in the parking lot, guns to his head arrested. And and that's where we pick up. And Carrie is arrested and he is put in jail because they said that Carrie conspired to transport $1.3 million in heroin into the country. Right. It was a clusterfuck. Before we jump into season six, I'm going to go over my standout episodes really quick. Episode one, The Line. Episode four, Oppo Research. Episode six, Old Spice. Episode seven, Message Discipline. Episode 12, The Debate. Episode 13, Dark Money. And episode 22, Want a Partner. Excellent season, just like all the other seasons. That's going to be my grade on the show overall and from season to season. They just don't miss. But could you ask for a more riveting season opener than that? Carrie, of all people, arrested for drug trafficking? Come on. Logan Huntsberger would never. 
Never. Never. Never. And also, really quick, my episodes are uh, episode three, Dear God, episode five, Shiny Objects, episode nine, Sticky Content, episode 19, Winning Ugly. Oh, gosh. It's another sort of tour de force in, in season six. Yeah, that's, oh, that's crazy. Um, So he gets arrested for heroin trafficking. And in his absence, the firms are combined and they create a new firm, Floric Egos and Lockhart. Um, yeah, it's a mess. It really is a mess, Um, um, season six, because, but it's like the best of messes. It's just not like messy writing. The characters are in a messy situation, but the writing is always very tight on this show, which I deeply appreciate. And we really get to see the Carrie character shine in this one. We see what he's really made of. He's tested in this situation in a way he's never has been before. Because looking at the Carrie that we know, we would have never thought that he would have been caught under this type of pressure, the incarceration type of pressure. (laughs) Right. And, you know, something that, so something that The Good Wife has always done is that it talk, is that it's told stories and talked to the audience about how innocent people get overly prosecuted every day, right? We've had, Mm -hmm. I mean, by now there have been so many um, death row episodes, um, inmate death row episodes, and we'll find out that the, the person is innocent, but because of pride and overzealous prosecuting, they are still punished by the system. And this is why the the good life is so great is that it takes these old, it finds ways to take these older tropes that they've not older tropes, but sort of older stories that they've done and reinvigorate them by putting like a new element into it and Carrie getting arrested on these drug charges. And then the subsequent uh, line this season will be exactly that it's this familiar story that is reinvigorated by putting this new element carry into that same situation. Yeah. Um, man, I just think it was, it was beautiful. You know, um, some shows constantly put their, their characters through stress and trauma to build character. And while this was a stressful situation, Carrie came out of the situation shining. You guys, we really like, I got a new respect for him. I always felt like Carrie was a very respectable person and a smart person resourceful, loyal, but we got to see a whole new side of him. And I love that. I love that we're still thinking about things like character development in season six, you know? Right. Which you really should be, but like, listen, nobody does. I mean, listen, the girls are doing their thing, but they're not doing it. You know what I mean? We do have some new people this year, newish. We get Matthew Good, one of my favorite white men. He plays ASA Finn Polmar. He's like budget will. Not he's not even. I don't. He's not even budget will. He's just. Nah. But yeah, he's like he's will light. I guess he's will light kind of. I guess he definitely does not possess like the magnetism that will possesses. But he is central to the show because he is the other lawyer that was in the courtroom when Will died and he tried to save Will's life because of that Alicia has like feels I think a a kinship and a closeness to him um and he is you know he's nice the point is Carrie is arrested he's in jail and everyone is trying to get him out of jail and it is not working (laughs) So the big thing that we find out um, is that Finn eventually, but he finds out that like Carrie's innocent because what they really want is Bishop, but the current state's attorney ignores it because he wants to punish Carrie because Alicia is campaigning and running to be state's attorney as well. And essentially due to all of that and then mistakes that Peter made, because another way they get Carrie is that they also say that the, the conspiracy to traffic is in Carrie's nature because Carrie stole Coke when he was an ASA. But in reality, what actually happened was that Peter insisted that Carrie transport the Coke to the evidence room himself in order to expedite it. And that and then somebody else from the crime lab actually stole the Coke and got it back to Bishop. But Peter does not come to Carrie's defense or aid because he's Peter. And <laughs> Peter don't give a fuck about anybody but Peter. And I think Ali- if Alicia had learned anything from her husband, she should have learned that. But okay. <laughs> right. 
Carrie's going to jail for four years. Ooh, hate to see it. Another thing that happens is that obviously Kalinda gets implicated in all of this. The FBI gets involved and Bishop pressures her into spying on Lana Delaney. That's a whole thing. Kalinda leaves Carrie the closest thing that she will ever write to a love letter. And she goes on the run after turning in evidence against Bishop. Hashtag poor Kalinda. They really have my girl struggling for the last three seasons. I hate it. And of course, this nigga Peter Florek, who obviously grew up thinking that he could be and do whatever he wanted because he was a white man. And clearly he was right. um, Decides that governor is not enough. He wants to run for vice president and running mate to Hillary Clinton, you know, in season six. So going back to the beginning of season six, let's talk about some stuff like within this season. This season, I really feel like, and it was kind of in the background, but I feel like you really got to see a different side of Diane too. Um, Diane stepping up and showing her loyalties to other people, not just Will. Because her and Will were kind of like joined at the hip, their BFFs. And I think we got to see a little bit of growth from her um, in this season post Will, right? Which I also enjoyed. I think the show does a really good job of not completely erasing Will. Like, oh, this character died, moving on, hashtag TVD universe. But like people actually grieve on this show and they grieve in different ways and the grief ca- the grief catches up with them at different moments, which I think is very, very real. Right. I mean, when Will dies, like everybody's grieving for the rest of the series. Um it, it never ends, I think, until, until like, the series finishes. So, uh, season six actually has um, a little Black Lives Matter episode, which, ugh, here we go. Y'all keep trying it. Y'all keep trying it. Don't. Stop. I, I mean, and stop. I was going to say they should not mock Scandal, but in their defense, Scandal's episodes were worse, actually. I mean, they were worse, <laughs> but, like, also it's, like, I mean... At the beginning, there's, like, I hate it. Like, even at the beginning of the episode, like, there's a title card in the title. It was, like, this episode was written and filmed prior to the grand jury decisions in Ferguson and Staten Island. And I'm, like, oh, Jesus, here we go. (laughs) I'm, like, I had totally, I was, like, oh, God, here we are. Um, Like, we get it. Y'all woke. Do you want a sticker? You're woke now. There you but go. I don't, that's the thing. It's like, I don't know that I think that they're woke. I just, like, it. it oh, I don't think that they're woke. I think they want somebody to tell them they're woke, which is why I'm saying it. Like, you're woke. Are you happy now? <laughs> right. Like, in fact, I, I, I really hate this episode. Like, this is the one episode I really don't like. Like, the whole episode is essentially, like, Alicia and, like, debating, like, Frank Brady. The whole debate is about race, but it's, like, two white people talking about race relations, which granted like the episode like acknowledges, I think everything that's just said is sort of just like, uh, whatever. Yeah. They could have kept that. Um, definitely a filler episode. All the episodes on race are like that, even though the acting is always tremendous. Um, like the, the, the material is just, I think what particularly bugged me about, it feels like the show just like debating with itself about like like race and like some of the things that they said were dumb. But but the way it's framed, it's like it's like the show like feels that in earnest. It's not like the show making fun of itself, being self-aware in any type of way, which is annoying. The B plot, like within the episode, is like there's like a cop that's like killed some like black people and everyone's like waiting for essentially for black people to riot. But the show like doesn't even like try to think about why black people would be justified in rioting. Mm-hmm. It's, it's more like, just, oh, it's going to be angry. Get ready. Yeah, they're like, oh, I just hated it. I, they could have kept it. So I think season something that's interesting about season six is like so season six, like attempts to band on this like Lana and Kalinda relationship that they've been talking about since season two. And then it also attempts to like expand on like the Carrie and Kalinda relationship. I don't know that it succeeds, Mm-hmm. it's one of the weaker parts of the show, but I don't know if it succeeds because like there's not enough time to focus on it or if like, I don't know. I do appreciate Kalinda for being like a good prison girlfriend. Mm-hmm. She did get out here when it, when it counted, even though Carrie had to like beg her, <laughs> which I feel like he shouldn't have had to do. Cause he was going to prison 
and your narc cop girlfriend was helping him along to prison. Mm-hmm. But then I also really empathize with Kalinda because I, 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 it's probably like really, really hard when like your boyfriend and your girlfriend don't like each other. But like, she's a narc though, so why is she even your girlfriend, hon? You know, I guess they really like each other. I don't know. Like, no, that shit is that shit is toxic. You know, maybe Kalinda didn't want to be happy either. <laughs> now that I'm looking back on this shit, because listen, we could be we could be monogamous real quick if I had me a real one like Carrie. Carrie claims Kalinda, but Kalinda only claims Lana. But Kalinda's actions, and we've talked about this, how you have to look at Kalinda by her actions. Kalinda's actions for Carrie though are like full on. I love you. <laughs> Cause like, I know that I would not falsify or fake evidence <laughs> for other people. <laughs> but, yeah. Never that hun. Like I'll support you and I'll send you a care package, but I'm not doing all that. But Kalinda wholesale sits out here and falsifies fake evidence to get Carrie, Carrie's charges dropped. And then, and then Carrie gets out here and is like, you know, and then when Carrie finds out and, Carrie, one, lies for her. <laughs> and then two, when they get when she gets caught in the lie, at least Carrie is like, listen, I will do whatever you need me to do. Like, mm. I, I'm going to do that. Like, that's what I'm about. Listen, Carrie's a real one. I feel like Kalinda's a real one, too. I mean, <laughs> I guess we're all allowed a lapse in judgment when it comes to that girlfriend. Um, because literally of all the women in all of Chicago, you had to get with that one, sis. When Carrie's going to jail and Bishop offers to send Carrie to Barcelona, I would have taken that. Absolutely. Because Peter Flack isn't going to come up and speak for you. There's no character witnesses waiting in the rings. You're being railroaded. Listen, let me go hit this, um, this, uh, this international flight real quick. Season... Six ends with Clinda essentially flips on Bishop and Bishop finds out and Carrie tries to say it was him because Carrie really loves her <laughs> and they don't believe him because there's only, and they don't believe him. They know it's Clinda. So Clinda bounces, but before she goes, she has one last sort of meetup and drink with Alicia, but <laughs> it's so awkward to watch because you can tell the Archie Panjabi and and um, Juliana Margulies are like not in the same frame at like at all. Like that, it's like the the frames that they're in together are like CGI, and the rest of it is like ugh, so cringe. It's so cringe to watch. So like the history essentially with that is like Juliana Margulies felt some type of way about Archie Panjabi like getting more like work to do on the show in terms of like uh, her own storylines and stuff mm-hmm. because Juliana Marley's had a producer credit. She flexed it so that like Archie Punjabi like wouldn't get stuff. And like there was, and then there was just like bad blood between them ever since. And like they, they ended up hating each other so much that like they couldn't even be in the same frame as each other, which I think is ridiculous. I'm like, mm. I, I hate that. That's, that's what was going on behind the scenes. And I don't understand why she couldn't be a big supporting character. She's still the supporting character regardless. She's not the protagonist. Chill. You know, one of the things about Good Wife is that, like, in, like it's good. And I obviously it's such a good show. But the thing about The Good Wife is that it felt like it was turning into on turning into an ensemble drama in the same way that Grey's Anatomy was originally about Meredith, but ultimately turned into an ensemble drama. And for whatever reason, like that natural progression just like wouldn't take place. And I'm not going to lie. I, I would assume that it was, that's like Juliana Margulies is doing. Yikes. 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 Um, Cause there were so many things about the show. Like, and, like, relationships between other characters that weren't necessarily, like, relationship to Alicia that I would have liked more time to be spent on. And it looked like they wanted to spend more time on, but ultimately didn't get a chance. Hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just sad that to see RG, Archie Punjabi go. 
I was sad to see Josh Charles go, but I think the writers did the best they could with the circumstances before them. Same. So let me pose a question to you. Is is Alicia really that good of a friend to Carrie? No. Yes, right. Okay. No, she sure ain't. (laughs) She really isn't. Like... I was Nobody excited. on the show is a better friend than Carrie Agus and Will, whatever his last name is, Gardner? Yeah. Okay, yeah, they're the best friends you could ask for on the show, the friends that nobody deserves. Because, <laughs> and I say that and because, like, going into, and I, and that will be, like, made more clear, I think, going into, like, season seven. So, but season six, like, where, where are you at with season six? Season six, I thought, was very good. It wasn't as good as season five for me, but I thought it was very good. Um, I actually think season six and seven were the weakest seasons, but they're still very good. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, Same. I'm going to give season six a solid good. Overall, I'm going to give season six a good, even though I felt like Matthew Good was wasted a a bit. Yes. (laughs) Which sucks because, like, he's such a good actor. But, like, it felt like they didn't hardcore know what they wanted to do with him. Season 7 opens, and like we said at last season, Peter's like, ooh, I'm running for vice president. Alicia did win the election for state's attorney, but there was, um, once again, there was, like, some voter fraud, and the DNC, like, made her, like, step down, so she never got to do that. And season 7 opens her um, starting up again from the ground up in bond court because Carrie has since gone to um, form Lockhart, Agos, and Lee. And she did not want to do that or go back there because of all the issues between them. In order to run for VP, Peter does something that is so ugly and he fires Eli, hires a new hoe named Ruth. Eli does not take it well and I don't blame Eli because Eli's just been through so much with Peter. Eli's labored so hard. Eli is his Doug Stamper. He's his Cyrus Bean. He does what it needs, what needs to be done. And well, actually, Eli was the one who hired Ruth. And then she he and then and then Peter's like, Ruth, why don't you be my campaign manager? And they just froze Eli out, which was even worse because he brought her in the fold in the first place. Right. I was like, uh, (laughs) uh. I was like, well, um, but yeah, those are the breaks. But speaking of Eli. The most interesting thing that happens, speaking of coming full circle, is that Eli deleted that second voicemail from Alicia's phone at the end of season one. Y'all remember that? The one where he's like, we need to be together. Let's just be together. Let's get it popping. It's Will's voicemail. He deletes the voicemail that said all of these heartfelt things, and but save the first one um, so that he could secure Alicia's position and make sure that she didn't leave his client um, because at the time, um, Peter was running for state's attorney again, right? So all of that happened, and she learns about the deleted voicemail. Eli confesses to her. Yeah, like, and Alicia's like, well, what did it say? What did it say? Like, she's like, you have to tell me exactly. And Eli's like, well, I can't quite remember it. And she's like, uh, you better remember it. Eli says something about, well, he said he told you that he loved you. And that he wanted to be all in with you and that he wanted to start a life with you. And like a true wasp, she she goes to her china cabinet and she separates like the bad plates, plates from the um from like the really fine china plate. And she tells Eli to like get out and he he stays and he's like, Well, let me explain. And then she takes the bad china plates and like throws them at his head. Which, you know, valid. And throws all of them until he, like, leaves. And she does not take it well. Obviously, like, it was a long time coming and, like, it's heart-wrenching. But something that makes it even more heart-wrenching is that essentially for, like, a really long time, Eli, Alicia's only real friend. Truly and honestly. Mm-hmm. Right. So you have the, I guess, retrograde betrayal at the hands of Kalinda when she found out that Kalinda had once slept with Peter. But then you have this very active betrayal at at Eli's hands. Right. That he's just been sort of keeping up for like years. Whew, terrible. Terrible, terrible. Despite all this, Eli feels that Alicia is the one with the real political potential. 
Peter finally sort of kind of gets his just deserves. Um, he's about to go to prison again, and the only way to prevent this is to resign as governor. From the time that Peter's elected governor, so like season five and season six, and now season seven, Peter's been doing corrupt things. Can't he's, stop, won't stop. And it all comes full circle when Peter gets tried again. Mm. <laughs> he's in court again. And is going to go to jail again on corruption charges. Criminals are going to criminal, am I right? That's Peter. He's crooked, but it's finally catching up with him. And no matter how many people were there behind the scenes covering up his secrets or keeping his secrets, it all spilled out. Now, he and Alicia are getting divorced at this point, but he asked her to stand by his side one last time as he resigns from office. And she does stand by his side at the press conference, Peter's side. But then she leaves during because she thinks she sees Jason, but it isn't Jason waiting for her. The Alicia character is constantly haunted by these lovers, these men that could have the potential to make her really, really happy. And she's not just haunted by them when they're dead. She's haunted by them when they're alive. Like, sis, you don't need to be with Peter. Even in all of this, all of this still, it's technically like been a year in their time. Like, she's still haunted by Will in particular. Episode 13, long after she's found out about the voicemail from Eli, she has this, like, breakdown. Like, she has, like, this huge, huge breakdown. And she says, you know, I was in love. He loved me. And then he died. And now I'm just here. I was loved. And now it's over. So, like, like what, what do I do now? Like, what's the point? Season 5, season 6, season 7 we really see the sort of breakdown and I think descent of Alicia. There's this idea that we talk about a lot about in terms of like women and particularly women and women and their spouses. And like, when does like a woman become culpable and just as guilty at for like propping up her husband's evil actions? And the good wife answers this, right? Because because mm-hmm. Alicia ultimately is culpable by the time we get to season seven, because that's what it's about. That's what that ending frame is about. And that's why Alicia doesn't get a happy ending. And she doesn't really deserve one because this whole time she's had options. She's had outs to leave, but she keeps staying in this marriage because it's like beneficial for her in a ways like because she's just so used to like propping up this person who doesn't learn their lesson and still does bad things, right? Right. No, I agree with that. Um, Alicia, I mean, the chickens really came home to roost because at the end of season seven, she she shattered everything with Diane. Right. She has, like, publicly embarrassed Diane, and she's absolutely betrayed Diane in a way that Diane didn't really deserve because, like, Diane never really did anything to her. Her friendship with Carrie is non-existent. Carrie ultimately leaves August Lockhart and Lee to teach university. And when Alicia comes to him to ask him to testify in court, she says something, and I forget like the exact sentiment, but Carrie responds to her and Carrie says something to the effect of, even after all this time, why would like you think that I would purposefully get up there and like perjure myself or do something to myself? just to get back at you. I've never been that person. And Carrie just kind of even questions like their friendship that speaks to who Alicia really is and like, or in, and who she's like essentially become. Right. And I feel like in the Diane situation in particular, the way that she betrays Diane is an insult to Will's memory. You know, she can be out here grieving and mourning and talking about how much she loved Will. But at the end of the day, the best way to honor someone you loved is to live your life in a way that honors them. And she doesn't. If anything, she doubles down and goes deeper into the, the situation that kept them apart in the first place. Right. She basically shits on everyone season seven and ruins any potential that there was with Jason in her defense of Peter because reasons. I don't even know what her reasons are really. I know what her motivations are, but like they, they're thinner and thinner and they hold less weight as the series progresses. Now, we're a little bit late, but before we wrap up Season 7, I do want to talk about my favorite episodes in Season 7 really quickly. Episode 4, Taxed. Episode 11, Iowa. Episode 13, Judged. Episode 15, Targets. 
episode 17, Shoot, episode 18, Unmanned, and episode 22, End. Um, obviously, there are 22 episodes in this season, so it was the, the end episode is the series finale. I really do feel like everything, every breadcrumb, every layer comes full circle as far as the Alicia, Fork, and the Diane characters are concerned in season seven. Um, for better or for worse, this is what it is. Right. Because I think by the time you get to season seven, Alicia's firmly in the, like, she's a bad person category. It all feels right. Alicia's the worst type of bad person because she'll never tell herself she's a bad person. She'll tell herself that family comes first, that marriage is a commitment, that anything one does to keep these two um, uh, systems standing upright is, um, is excusable. But she hurts so many people along the way, undeservedly. Right. The study of Alicia Florg in her totality from season one to season seven, 156 episodes deep, is that standing by a corrupt white man does not make you a martyr. It makes you a corrupt white woman. And in all of it, the only person you destroy in the end is yourself. Right. Because Peter Flark never truly suffered. Oh, he had to resign as governor so you wouldn't go to jail again. Okay, and? And? <laughs> um, like, when we when we talk about the laundry list of shit that Peter did and people he fucked over, this is, like, this is like literally a timeout. Like, it's not even a real punishment. <laughs> <laughs> so what is your grade for season seven? You know, I'm going to give it a good on the strength of I felt like it brought everything it was trying to do full like full circle it did it something that most shows like pretty much every show like can't do like there that a lot of shows at this length at seven seasons 22 episodes per season network cannot do which is bring a story completely full circle it really did wrap up everything. Even if I didn't like certain things like Carrie and Kalinda didn't end up together, I think the big, big things and the big ideas were sound. Yeah, I'm going to give this season a good too. Um, it actually did something that I did not enjoy when I watched Big Love, which we covered in our family season, two seasons ago, but mm -hmm. I actually did enjoy in this season. So going back to the characters of Nikki and Raymond, and how um, you thought it was it was right that Nikki didn't end up with Raymond in the end because she had to be um, punished for her scheming, right? And I said, while I agreed with that, I still felt bad for Nikki because she really never had a chance to grow as a person, learn about herself, have real relationships, etc., on account of being raised on the compound, and then going into that first marriage that was abusive with JJ, and then becoming Bill's second wife. I felt that it was right that Alicia end up alone because of the, the, the myriad. And this is not just one decision, a series of decisions that she'd made over the course of this show, over the course of the years, she needed to be alone and unhappy. And I think the show um, does a great job of not only putting this into perspective insofar as what happens, but we actually get this really great bookend with her standing by his side in that last press conference, the show opener, the series premiere in season one has us with her just as unhappy standing by his side during a press conference, right? Mm -hmm. We get that great bookend. We know this is what it is. Um, maybe the first time we could have sympathy for her because she didn't ask for that situation. But she went into that, that, that last episode and that final press conference with her eyes open. Right. She's no longer the victim in the situation, she's complicit. There's no situation or no plot point that's completely negligible and will never be brought up again. Yes, I absolutely agree with that. So now, listen, like, were there some bad things? Yes. Like, for example, Julius, that Black partner, is gone for, like, two whole seasons and then he randomly shows back up again in, like, season six. There are a lot of, I think, issues, I think, with the Black characters in the show, there's a plot in season seven that I really hated where there's a black lawyer named Monica who is in the running to get hired and she initially doesn't get hired to be petty. And the show does frame it like this as, as, a, as an act of pettiness. She files a like racial discrimination complaint against the law firm 
And then once she does that, then they hire her. And the show treats it as like, see, those Black people just file discriminations to get jobs or whatever. That is a really ugly, disgusting, annoying plot. The character is annoying. I don't particularly like Luca. I don't think that she serves purpose. I know people really like her, and she ended up on the spinoff, The Good Fight, but I no, it's a no from me. So it's not like perfect, but it's it's close. Yes, it is a great show. There is no such thing as perfection. Um, and I do have all the same issues that you have with all those same characters for all the same reasons. But I do, you, you can see the desire and that the writers and the actors alike are striving for perfection. And that matters. And there you have it, folks. This is everything that we think made the back half of The Good Wife Good, bad, basic, and completely captivating. If you'd like to check out the series, The Good Wife is currently streaming on Hulu. Please let us know your thoughts on this series via our Twitter or Instagram. If you're a GBB patron on our top two tiers, be sure to check out our Good Wife Spotify playlist. If you've enjoyed this episode of The Good, The Bad, The Basic, be sure to share it with your friends. Tune in next week when we'll be wrapping up our politics season with a dive into the political drama that started it all, The West Wing. This episode goes live next Thursday, and if you'd like to check out the series before then, The West Wing is currently streaming on Netflix. In the meantime, Alex and I have another Gone Too Soon episode for patrons on our top two tiers. This time, we'll be featuring Lifetime's supernatural drama, Witches of East End. If you'd like to check out or relive the series before then, Witches of East End is currently streaming on Hulu. Our Gone Too Soon episode goes live this Saturday. Follow The Good, The Bad, The Basic on all major podcast platforms to listen to all of our regular weekly episodes on the go. Leave us a review on your preferred platform and share our weekly episodes on your social media. Please follow us at The Good, Bad, Basic on Twitter and at Good, Bad, Basic Pod on Instagram to get in on our daily content. If you love this sort of content and want more, become a show producer and patron on Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com forward slash goodbadbasic. Your support allows us to keep bringing you our regular weekly episodes as well as exclusive bonus material. Until next time, bye everyone.